Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com energy drink yeah it's that good and apb american protection bureau voted number one best on long island for all your security needs call 631-390-9050 that's 631-390-9050 apb you need a body shop you need engine repair Auto Excellence, Collision Specialist, 631-261-6420. That's 631-261-6420. Auto Excellence.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode number five of the O Spot with your host, Ona Z. Hey. So we left off last episode talking about amateur adult films compared to studio, well, more mainstream adult films, as I call them. Um, so why do you think the industry has been flooded so much with amateur films? I think that, um, well, they are nothing to film. I think, you know, you and I could make a film right now on my couch and that would, <laughs> that would be that. Uh, and, we, and we're doing it anyway right now. So, um, I mean, I think that's one big reason. And I think that um, the market, it just, it, it no matter how expensive or inexpensive the film is to make, um, the audience became used to getting three to six movies a week. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is expensive to do. I don't care whether you're Vivid or Onizi or, you know, I don't care who you are. It's, it is expensive to do. You have to do, you know, the, you know, the recording, the, um, the box covers, the sheets, uh, you know, everything. And you have to get it out there in a timely manner. And that's tough to do because everybody's working at maximum speed. And uh, when we had, before Corona hit, mm -hmm. we had a really huge dip in the market, as I know you know. And a lot of people went out of business. And starting a business is really tough, really tough. So um, I think starting up again would be tremendous feat. And I think that it's easier to go that route of, of home movies and cheap movies and all that stuff. It's very hard to put together a 50 or $75,000 movie. It's really, really hard to get the talent you want, the place you want, you know, and make it a really good movie. And God knows, are you going to make any money on it? Probably not. So that's an interesting subject too, because back when there was real budgets in your era, how would that process be from producing to distribution? Did you guys have to go out to get extra money for distribution or how would that process work? Well, I think all of us, uh, we had our own distribution system. I had a duplication room in my office, studio office. And I think uh, everybody has their own duplicating room. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you eventually get one. Um, or you have a really good connection with somebody who does, who's not going to cheat you. Um, I had an artist I worked with who did the box covers. And then I had a printer who was good, very good. And he, you know, it was like, um, oh, 30. I mean, I paid him 30, 60 days out. And, you know, you had to set those things up. Mm -hmm. So you you get the money, hopefully you get the money from having sold your last several films mm -hmm. and you, you hold that back, you get that together, you put that money together, you, you hold it because everybody wants to be paid in cash. Mm -hmm. So the talent, the 
makeup artist, everybody. And they want to be paid that day. Mm-hmm. So having said that, uh, the printer and all of that stuff comes later. Mm-hmm. So those guys are paid 30 days or 60 days out, but you've got to get it out the door, which is why I have my own duplication room, which made it a lot easier. So you guys would do like the mainstream films. You guys would pre-sale the films to international territories. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the money came from those international territories. Yeah, but what the problem with that is um, after a while, we I sold... I would go to Europe and I'd pre-sell and that was great. And every country had a different number, Mm -hmm. which was really terrific. But there came a time several years down the road where the countries got together, the owners got together and they had a mandate. They were only going to pay X amount of dollars for all of Europe. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, who the fuck can live on that? Right. Exactly. So I was there when that was happening. So they put a cap on all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was low. Mm. It was like $33,000. Mm-hmm. And I said, you can't be doing this with everybody, with everybody. And I said, well, <laughs> you guys are cheating us. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, you know, because I was getting you know, 30,000 from one and 25,000 from another, it's 50,000 from another. I mean, that's how I stayed alive. And then they put a cap on it. And I was like, this, this can't be happening. It's not going to work. Right. Because when they put a cap on it, you're barely breaking even sometimes. Not even. Wow. Mm -mm -mm. So that's what happened to Mm -hmm. the smaller companies. Mm -hmm. Didn't work. Crazy. Did, didn't work at all so and everybody wanted to have sex with me before they paid me <laughs> which you know in some cases i wasn't opposed to as long as they brought the money with them mm-hmm. but <clears throat> that really killed it mm-hmm. that really 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 killed it because when they were paying per country that was great right then we could afford to continue to make the movies. Mm-hmm. Quality productions, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But when they did that, I got to tell you, Tim, that just blew my mind. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So then after they did that, did you start just making films, producing films for just the American audience, primarily the North American audience? No, I mean, I made films, but they weren't expensive films. Uh-huh. They were not the quality that I wanted to make. And the first mm-hmm. one I sent out, I got bashed for. And um, the head of the um, foreign industry called me and said, what is this? I said, well, what is this? Mm-hmm. What is that? This is what you're going to get if you're paying me that. Mm. And he said, well, I'm really disappointed. I said, <laughs> I'm really disappointed in you. Yeah, because they wanted to buy you out and own your material, make all the money, and then you're left with... Focus. Yeah. So I said, so I'm really disappointed in you. I thought we had a really great relationship. And, you know, that was the year that I got... Uh, awarded best director in Cannes and blah, da, 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 da. And I said, I don't understand your thinking that you can think 
that I make I make a movie for thirty thousand, which is what you're paying me, mm-hmm. but I'm not making any money. Right? How does that work? By the time you pay your actors, you're not making any money. I mean, the film, right? The whole thing, right? I'm over, right? I'm I'm paying fifty thousand for the movie, and you're paying me thirty thousand, and I'm not getting paid by the American market. So, what do you expect? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we left it on really bad terms. Mm. And I don't think I ever sent them another movie. It wasn't worth it. That little 30000 wasn't worth it. So explain to like some, there's probably females out there now currently that want to get into the adult industry. Oh, poor thing. Like, you know, <laughs> what is, what do you, what do you, how, what type of advice could you give them? Well, th- we're writing a book. Mm-hmm. And so an uptake on the book we're writing, which is how to get out of the industry. If, because so many people we know and <clears throat> women I know have committed suicide because they don't know how to get out. The advice I would give them is number one, think about who's going to see these films as you get older. And if you start a family, Uh, eventually your children will see them. And how are you going to feel about that? Mm -hmm. I don't have children, but I have nieces and nephews and stepchildren. And I came to terms with it. I I definitely came to terms with it. And it wasn't easy because this is what I wanted to do. And Tim knows that. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it ad nauseum. But I tell them to really make sure Make sure that you're working for the right people, that you're not working for someone who's going to abuse you, mm-hmm. take advantage of you, um, set a price and stick to it. Um, I, in my experience, I had a producer, a sleazy producer, come up to me in the middle of the scene and said, I'll pay you $300 extra if you'll do an anal scene right now. Mm. And I said, you're out of your mind. Go away. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing not to compromise and stick to your guns and take that money. Don't spend it on jewelry. Mm-hmm. Spend it, save it, and spend it on real estate. Buy a house and then buy an apartment building that will give you revenue. Don't let anyone tell you how to spend your money. Don't get hooked up with some guy who says, I'm going to take care of you because how he's going to take care of you is he's going to take care of himself. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend that you, you know, get a good accountant. If you need advice, you can ask me and you get somebody to watch your money and put yourself on a budget because you're going to make money. You, you got to watch yourself. And you got to watch your front, your back, and your sides. And some of these actual producers are real pimps. They really are pimps. Mm-hmm. And the guys you're going to meet are pimps. And they're going to buy you a diamond ring. And that's going to be like your contract with them. And they're going to try and abuse you and beat you up and tell you, hey, I bought you this. So now I own you. Mm-hmm. No, there's no owning. There's no owning. You should have a bodyguard with you all the time that you pay and pay well and make sure that you live in a nice place and no one can get to you and accept the roles you want to accept. Make sure you get paid well and 
put half that money away. Just put it away. Make sure you have a good CPA or bookkeeper or whoever and put it away. And within, you'd be surprised within a year, you can buy a condo. And then a couple of years after that, you can buy rental property. And you will be amazed at what your life will be like. Because that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 it's, it is amazing. And I had a rough time in the beginning with the man I married. So I'm telling you from my own experience, that's what I would do. So if there are females out there that are wanting to get into the business, explain to them why it's important to own your own content. Oh, yeah. You're not going to be able to own your own content in the beginning. There's no way. You're going to do a movie, let's say, for me, but I'm going to own your content because you're working for me. But if there's ever a time down the road where, I don't know how to explain it, but if you're working for someone, you can say to them, look, I want to throw my money in here and I want to own the content. Mm -hmm. or go half and half it's really important to hang on to your content because they will take that one movie and make 30 movies out of it mm -hmm. and you will not see a dime mm -hmm. there's no commission on a movie that you make that movie i just saw something on a movie i made that is now like 30 different movies i have no commission on that those movies, I have nothing. But if I had owned that movie, I would be making all kinds of money. Try and negotiate with your producer to own half the movie and get the, get the product so that you own the product if you can, or make your own movie, start your own label and make your own movies, then save the money. Mm -hmm. Start your own label when you feel confident enough. Not after a year, maybe after a year and a half, two years when people start to know you. Mm -hmm. Start making your own films. That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. So basically what she's saying is be a producer or co-producer, take some of the money you earn performing, invest it, into projects that you can produce or co-produce so you own the content and you'll see some of those residuals from the sales of that content and then how important is it once a performer is known in the industry to brand themselves with like products toys accessories because that's all part of the brand that's all part of it i mean doc johnson is a great place to go he's terrific he's fair uh, he believes in what he does. He's been around for a hundred years and he will make toys with your name on it, which will brand you. Mm -hmm. It will brand you. He'll pay you a fair price for them. And he's, he's somewhere you should go, Doc Johnson. Maybe not in the beginning, but soon after you can go and talk to Ron and he'll tell you exactly what to do and he'll be very honest with you. Good, good, good job. So that's, that's really the retirement Plan. for adult 
performers. That's a way out of the industry because a lot of performers don't know how to brand and market themselves. They don't know how to own their own content. They keep making movies until kingdom come. And there's no retirement for adult performers. Or they buy diamonds. Mm -hmm. This is uh, very normal. They start buying jewelry and it's addicting and they can't stop. Mm -hmm. And they end up with a bunch of diamonds that they can't resell. And so they end up with nothing, Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing. So what we're telling you is get a toy manufacturer like Doc Johnson brand yourself get paid for the toy uh sometimes you'll get commission on he'll tell you what and you take that commission and you put it in a savings account you just pretend like it doesn't even exist mm-hmm. um get in with a producer who you could go halves with mm-hmm. and earn money that way so you own your own product mm-hmm. and when you're making movies for other people, just take half your salary and put it away and save your money to buy your own real estate, buy your own condo, investment property, whatever you can and put it in your own name. Don't hook up with some guy who says, oh, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. No, Mm -hmm. they're not going to take care of you. You have to take care of you. If it's a family member you trust, I would do it on my own, Mm -hmm. in my own name, and just work it that way. So that when you get ready to exit, you have something to fall back on. And you can retire from the industry and do something else. Whatever you want to do. You can travel. You can you know, continue to make movies. You can write a book. You can do this. You can do, we can do whatever you want to do, but that's the way to do it. And so what I love about you and admire about you is the fact that you were someone in the industry that slipped for change and you helped guide and give advice to female performers. There's a lot of male persuasion producers out there that would never tell you this advice. No. They want to control everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what happened to me a lot. But I got smart and I bought my own condo and then I bought another one. And I was lucky I had an apartment building and hang, hung on to that and it sold it a couple of years ago as I got older. And, you know, I have uh, Doc Johnson, very, very grateful to Ron. Ron, from the very beginning, you know, said, when the bell goes off, you show up. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but, you know, it, it worked for me and I'm indebted to him totally. And I took his advice. And you have to know who to take advice from. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a vision of where I was going. I knew I wasn't always going to be in the business. So I had a vision and I still have a vision or I'm working with Tim Mm -hmm. and we're working on that. And that's, it's really important to hold your vision together. And that that's, that's really important. You have to write it down, have a dream board, you know, put pictures all over it of where you want to go, what you want to do, how you want to be. And, um, 
those things will come true. So I'm going to throw a name out in the industry to you. Give me your raw, uncut, un honest opinion about this person. Uh, Nina Hartley. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say something charming. I think Nina has got some issues. For some reason, she hates me because she thinks I don't like this girl that she loves and I don't even know the girl. Okay. I've never met her. I don't, I don't know anything about her. <laughs> and she's got a heart on about me for some reason. And I think when I first came in, Nina was jealous mm -hmm. because I think Nina is a little younger than me. And I don't know what it is. She just didn't like me from the beginning. Competition. She saw you were outshining her with everything you were doing. Yeah. She took, instead of being part of what you were doing, she wanted to take, you know, have some kind of animosity towards you yeah, for the most she, part. She did. And I, I really, you know, Nina is her own entity and wanted to remain that way. And I, I, I don't want anything from her. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Nina wanted to be Nina, like the golden statue, <laughs> like forever. And it had nothing for me. I don't have any issues with anybody. Mm -hmm. And every time she had an opportunity to jab me, she would. And um, in a way, I, I, my heart hurts for her because I think she's made some big mistakes. And I don't understand this three-way thing, living with two people. That makes her happy. God love her. You know, good mm -hmm. for her. Um, she married a friend of mine, Ernest Green, and they divorced. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, she won't talk to me no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, Nina has had some hard times. She had to raise some money to have a giant cyst removed from her belly. And I felt bad about that. It felt like she should have had the money to do it or the insurance or whatever, and she didn't. Mm -hmm. And she should not be working, and she is, right. and she's too old to be working. And so I don't know why she's still working or what other plans she has, but it seems like she doesn't. So I feel bad, and there's certainly nothing I could do right. to help her, um, but... Uh, Whenever I go to the convention, she does the same old show, and it's old. It's really old, and that's all I can say. I, I wish her well. Mm -hmm. I hope she gets out of the business eventually and does something else because it's really old, and I, I don't know how she's sustaining herself. That's a large part of what we're talking about, not having a backup plan, not having an extra strategy from the business staying in it too long, not knowing when your time has come. Like, you know, and that's, and that's the sad part about it. A lot of people don't. But uh, that's actually the end of episode number five. Oh, no. With the O Spot, with your host, Ona Z. I love you guys. And we do love you. And peace and blessings out there to everyone. We'll be coming back with episode number six shortly. Stay tuned. That was good. Mm-hmm. What do you think?